Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer? Hallelujah. How many want to glorify the name of Jesus today? How many want to glorify our God? Hallelujah. We glorify you, God. We lift you up. Hallelujah. You are amazing. Amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Amen. How many just love to glorify God in your worship? Amen. Two people. That's amazing. That's awesome. Love that. Amen. When we, you know, the glory of God is not the sensation of God. Many of your people are running after a feeling, running after a sensation, but how many of the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ? Amen. He revealed himself, and so we worship the Lord today. So we worship God, and we sing about Jesus. Amen. That's the glory of God. Amen. No, two people, that's good. People are looking for some mystical mist, some fog on a mountaintop. You have to get there, everything. But I'm thankful that when we worship, the glory of God is here. Amen. And it's in our lives, and, and it's in Jesus Christ. And so we glorify the Lord. How many want to give God more attention than anything else in your life? Amen. You want to put the focus and the emphasis on Him today. And that's what we do. That's why we gather. And so we're thankful for that. Thank you for being with us today and all those who are joining us online. Maybe you couldn't make us today, but uh, we, we pray that God touches you some way, somehow, anything we can do, amen, that you can really receive Jesus or more of God. Uh, that is our goal today, to really, amen, see that you're blessed and edified and built up in the faith. And so uh, I know there's a lot of people joining us online. We just want to say welcome. If you have a prayer request or, you know, something that's going on in your life, we just want you to either write in the comments or write to our church uh, there in the, in the message box. Just put something there, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible and uh, just be praying for you. How many are praying for people today? You're praying for loved ones. You're praying for people uh, just on our hearts. So we're going to be doing that, and so we're excited about that. Uh, we've had an amazing week. This was our presbytery week, and, and we usually set some time aside every year to do presbytery. And if you're not familiar with that, uh, it's just an amazing thing. We've been doing it for a long time. And uh, we just had an amazing week, and we are so excited today to have one of our presbyters, longtime presbyters, stay over. Uh, Brother Doc Wilson stayed with us today. He's here. He's going to be preaching with us today. Amen. I'm excited about that. But... I just wanted to real quick, I wanted to thank everybody um, that really helped. Uh, there are so many things that happened behind the scenes, and I just want to really thank uh, my wife, Carrie. I know Michael, uh, Brother Bill, those that are on staff. They, they really organized and worked, and those worked in the kitchen, those that came before, during, and after. Um, cleanup is always the funnest thing in the world to do at a conference, and everybody gets so excited to do it. Do it. But I'm so thankful that people here in our church do it with joy, and I'm so thankful for you. Can we give them a round of applause and just appreciation? Amen. Thank you so much for that. Well, I'm going to get out of the way, and we have a special guest today. And uh, Brother Wilson is just an amazing thing. During our presbytery, we did celebrate Brother Wilson's 90th birthday, which was Friday, so we were able to do that. <clears throat> and I, uh, I, I told the people last night I thought I was going to get in big trouble for faking a presbytery meeting on Friday night. I said, Brother Wilson, please forgive me. I, I'm so sorry, but I think he had some mercy and grace on us. And so uh, we, we were able to pull it off, the big surprise. And uh, his fam some of his family came in, and just so, so wonderful. Uh, that is online if you'd like to check that out and watch that. And so really neat, just so many cool things about Brother Wilson that were brought out that maybe you didn't know. Um, and we are so privileged to have him here today. 
Um, we've known Brother Wilson probably a good part of 37 years, I would say, if not 40, close to 40 years. And he's been doing presbytery almost all of those years, pretty much a lot of those years. And uh, we're so honored. But one of the things that's so amazing about Brother Wilson is he loves to travel, loves to read books, loves to collect things and collect maps. And I think he's got more postcards than uh, really the city of Williamsport has in his home. And uh, it's amazing. The other night he said that he's preached 15,000 sermons. I think that's what you said. 15,000 sermons. 74 years of ministry. And uh, we're so honored. But uh, a couple of neat things. It's been, uh, you traveled to about 221 nations or countries uh, around the world. Circumnavigated the world nine times, I think that is. Crossed the Atlantic about 147. Is that correct? 151. 151 times across the Atlantic. I know he's gone across the United States, probably double that. And across the Pacific, half of those times probably. And uh, just been amazing. He's got over, oh, at least one time, I heard over 30,000 books. Is that correct? Maybe. Okay, 30,000. So it's his library in his house is bigger than his library in his town. That's what we were told. And uh, he loves to collect books, and he's a map room. And uh, not only is he a, an exciting, a really extraordinary person, very interesting to know, but we know him as a man of the word, a man of God, a man of faith. He's a hero in my life and all to us. Can we stand on our feet as we honor Brother Doc, Dr. Wilson this morning, Brother Eldon Wilson, to come and share? Thank you so much. Sit down. <laughs> Be quiet. It's my turn to talk. Is, it, is this on? Can you hear me? Okay. Thank you, Pastor, for those very nice words, but if there's anything good you see, it's because of what the Lord's done. Just an old man. Been blessed to the Lord. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Now I'm old fashioned. I hope you have your Bible. Some of you young bucks will pick out a computer or telephone and start poking at it. Acts 2 and verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Acts chapter 2 is probably the most exciting chapter in the Bible for people who call themselves Pentecostal or full gospel, or charismatic. That's where we say it all began, as far as New Testament Christianity. But verse 42 seems to have gotten lost in the shuffle. 
Because if verse 42 were not there, you wouldn't be sitting here this morning. And they continued. And they continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine. Mentioned other things. I remember a lifetime ago when I was in Bible college. All these eager young beavers ready to preach. I was not considered the most promising student in the Bible college. I don't know where I was in the lineup. Probably closer to the bottom than I was the top. I don't know. But as I look back over the record, fully 50% of them that had such high hopes I certainly wasn't the most able one amongst them I don't know where I was in the lineup it really doesn't matter some of the most promising young men did not continue. I realize that in our walk with God, each of us have different issues, different things that happen to encourage or discourage, cause us to grow stronger or grow weaker. But fully 50% or more of the young men and women that graduated dedicating their lives to preaching the gospel somewhere along the line dropped out. Many of them never even started. But I read these words and they continued faithfully. And they continued faithfully. Now God equips. God gives natural abilities, different skills. Puts within different people, different earmarks that they can cultivate. And then God gives gifts, supernatural endowments to enable us in our walk. But it all goes to waste 
unless they continue faithfully. There's an old fairy tale about a race between, I don't know if I can even remember the story, a rabbit, I think it was, and a turtle. A race between them? How unequal. But if you know the story, the rabbit could run circles around the turtle. The rabbit was a racer. He could run. The turtle just plods. But the turtle won the race. I think maybe it even might even be connected with Aesop's fables. I'm not sure. There's lots of things I can't remember anymore. <laughs> now, why would a turtle win a race? He doesn't have the skill. He doesn't have the talent. He doesn't have the ability. But he won the race because of a characteristic called faithfulness. I'm looking out over this congregation this morning Probably comes as no surprise that I can't even see you in the back there, but I know there's some back there. And about halfway back, I can't tell whether you're young or old. I can't even really tell whether you're male or female. Of course, some of that's not my fault. Some of that <laughs> is society's fault. <laughs> but be that as it may, sang this morning, worship the Lord. The presence of God in the midst of his people. But 25 years from now, I wonder if all of you will still be worshiping the Lord on a Sunday morning. Statistics say that some of you will not even be serving God in any capacity. Why don't we break the statistics? Make them not apply to us. It's not he who begins the race that wins it. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There's something to believe. Now, I do, not, I do not deny that God moved in the charismatic revival. I do not question that. 
at all. But I can remember. I can remember some charismatics saying at the time, and I shuddered. It doesn't make any difference what you believe. Now, I realize that you, not me, of course, might have some peculiar doctrines. We don't have to agree in every detail. We don't have to dot every I, cross every T in the same way. I understand that. But what you believe is important. And they continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine. You are here tonight, not only because of God's spirit, this today, I guess, not tonight, but you're here today because somebody continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine. What you believe is important. Now, that doesn't mean there's not room for variation, but there's certain things that you must believe to be a Christian. Churches are full. Well, it used to be before COVID. Of people who do not even believe the Bible to be the word of God. You say, not really. Oh, yes. I don't know the actual percentage. But I would say that 50% of the people in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, that are in some church this morning... have absolutely no relationship with God. I realize that's not true with you, but just because you're in this building doesn't mean you have a relationship with the Lord. But I read here, and they continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. What do we mean by fellowship? It means I need you and you need me. In other words, we need each other. None of us are an island to ourselves, And they continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine. It does matter what you believe. Now, that doesn't mean you have to agree with me or any other single person in every little detail. Because there is room for understanding, there is certainly room for growth, there's room for difference of opinion. But there are certain things you must believe. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus Christ is the son of God. And there's only one way of salvation, through the blood, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We cannot save ourselves. If we're to be saved, it's by believing and putting our faith in what Christ has done for us. You can obviously see I'm not saved because of my good looks, but neither are you. 
I'm not saved because I'm such a good person, but neither are you. Our claim to salvation is what Christ has done for us. It's done for the whole world. For God so loved the world, and that includes all the inhabitants thereof. And we were no better than those that are lost. In fact, some of us were worse. But we're not saved by our good works. We're saved by his good works. Jesus Christ, while we were yet ungodly, while we were yet aliens, enemies of the cross, he paid by his shed blood for our salvation. And they continued I remember many years ago, I was pastoring in Columbus, Ohio, and I was preaching in Pennsylvania. I won't tell you where because your pastor and certainly his father, Pastor Wayne, would know who I'm talking about. So I'll be gracious and keep my mouth shut. But I was preaching in Pennsylvania And there was a young, young buck in his family. Now, when I say young, I don't mean 22. You're all young. That's all I can see. He probably was in his early 30s. But he claimed he liked the way I preached, and so he decided to leave from this church in Pennsylvania. I know Pastor Wayne knows. And become a part of my church in Ohio. He had an itch to preach, and he wasn't given very many opportunities to preach there. Now, that's all right to preach. And I had five or six young fellows that I was giving classes to and opportunity to speak. And uh, maybe this young man and his family had been in my church eight or nine months and He came to my office one day, and he said, why don't you let me preach more often? I'd had him preach two or three times. He said, I'm the best preacher you've got, and he was. Of the six or seven young men that I was training and dealing with, He was the best speaker of them all. And he knew it. Why don't you let me preach more often? 
I said, because of your life. Now, I don't care what a man's past has been, but I care what a man's present is. I said, about every two months, you backslide. When I say that, you go out on a drunken and drug binge. So then you come back repenting. I said, I believe in repentance and I don't believe in waiting until you're perfect to let you start. I said, easily you're the best speaker of any young man I have in this crowd. But every person in this church knows that every two, three months you're back on drugs. I said, I don't care how well you speak. The police found his body about three months from that time, overdosed on the street. I don't care what your talent is. I don't care how much you know. It's your life that counts. Talent is good. Use it to glorify God. But your talent doesn't bring glory to God if your life brings shame and reproach. The life is more important than your ability. He was easily the best speaker I had of the young men in my church. Easily. He had the talent. He didn't have the character. And they continued faithfully. I want to say to everyone in this room, but especially to those of you who may perhaps feel called to the ministry, think that God might use you in some public manner. Your life, the way you live, always outweighs your talent, your gift, your skill, and your ability. This is why, in that old fable, the turtle won the race instead of the rabbit. Common sense tells us that a rabbit can outrun a turtle on and on and on and on and on. The turtle is a plodder. There's no speed, no grace. But faithfulness is the issue. When you and I stand before the Lord,
I'll use myself as an example, not you. Makes it easier. If he has anything worthwhile to say, he's not going to talk about skill, talent, longevity, how many times, how dynamic. But if he has anything to say that's worth listening to, it will be well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't it amazing? We get in such a hassle and such a wrangle. Well, I'm an apostle. I'm a prophet. And we fuss over titles. And even prone to claim them whether we have them or not. <laughs> But isn't it amazing that when apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers and all the rest of us stand before the Lord, if he has anything commendable to say, he's not going to mention a word that I have said. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Our titles, oh, he's a prophet, he's a pastor, he's an evangelist, he's a deacon, worship leader, soloist. There's all kinds of titles. All the title does is describe your activity. It has nothing to do with your character. But if he has any good thing to say, he will bypass all those titles that we fight over and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The turtle certainly didn't win the race because he was faster, more skilled, more talented, more able than the rabbit. He won the race because he kept at it. He continued faithfully. I can't foresee the future. I can hardly see the present. But if this is the average, if this is the average, I hope it's not. But if this is the average full gospel congregation, and I should come back 20 years from now, I don't know most of your names. But if I should have the ability to come back 20 years from now, where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so? 
They backslidden left the church. They backslidden left the church. And they continued. It's not he who begins the race. That ends it. It's not always the most talented. I had to identify the body of that talented young speaker that had moved from Pennsylvania to Ohio to be in my church. But do you think there was any joy? When I said to the police, yes, that is he. Do you think there was any excitement when I stood before my congregation and told them that he was dead of an overdose? I could have said to the other young men, he was the best speaker. But did that matter when he was a corpse? I could have said to the other young men, follow him. No, no. Keep plodding. Continue faithfully in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking bread in fellowship and in prayers. His skill, his potential, his ability, his talent. Didn't assuage the sorrow. He left a wife and two cute little boys, two and four. To those of you who are fathers or mothers, what do you think? Those two little boys, when they grow up, someone says, where's your father? Well, I have to say or think. They were left orphans. Not because of a lack of skill. He was the best speaker of the crowd. Now, having said that, give God your very best. 
give God your very best. If you've got the ability of 10, don't give him number two or three. But if your ability is number two, that's fine. I'm sure those of you who know anything about church history, modern Pentecostal history, will remember the name William Branham. Very few in this room are old enough to have remembered him when he was in the ministry. He wasn't a good preacher. He wasn't a good theologian. There was nothing dynamic about him. I'm a much better preacher than he was. Whatever you think of me. He was a much, I'm a much better preacher than he was. I probably know more doctrine than he does, did. But the whole full gospel world around the world owes something to that man because he revitalized the entire Pentecostal world around the world. It doesn't matter because all credit belongs to the Lord and yet give honor to whom honor is due. Even those of you who've never heard of the man still owe him a debt of gratitude because he recharged the entire Pentecostal movement with the presence of God and the power of God. Couldn't preach. But I wish my record were as good as his. I'm a much better preacher, or used to be at least, than he was. But his fruit is millions, millions, millions. That's awesome. And they continued faithfully in the Apostle's Doctrine. You say, well, is that verse really important? That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Because if they had not continued faithfully, there would be no churches today. There'd be no believers. We're in debt. It doesn't even give their names. They. Who are they? I don't know. But I'm in debt to they. And I owe they a debt, so do you. Because they continued faithfully.
What am I saying this to you for? Because the reward doesn't go to the swift, but to the faithful. It's not about talent. Thank God for talent dedicated to the Lord because he's worthy of your best. But your effectiveness has nothing to do with your talent. If God it, use it. Because God expects us to give him our best. God's worthy. Of my best, he's worthy of your best. And it doesn't make any difference if your best is better than mine or if mine's better than yours. It does matter if you give him your best and I give him haphazard. Or I give him my best and you give him haphazard. That does matter because God's worthy of our very best. But it doesn't matter if my best is here or here or here or here or here. That's why that man William Branham impacted the world. His best wasn't very, as far as preaching ability, wasn't very good but he gave the Lord his best. And millions of believers are the recipients of that. My hat's hot to the man. Was he perfect? No. No. And they continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship isn't it amazing when I most need the company of believers is when I'm most likely to withdraw. Somebody hurt my feelings or somebody didn't treat me right. When I'm at my strongest I can possibly get by by myself. But it's when I'm weak or wounded that I need you. And yet, that's when we're most likely to withdraw. You know, I could ask a question and probably every person in this room would raise their hand except maybe little kids that wouldn't know what I'm talking about or just got saved last week and you. Well, I'll go ahead and ask it. And, I, and, and don't, you don't even have to respond, but I'll ask the question. How many of you have ever been offended by another Christian? How many of you have ever had your hurt, feelings hurt by another Christian? I didn't ask you to put up your hand, so I'll put up both of mine. 
I'm not going to go there because so-and-so hurt my feelings. That sounds legitimate. But let me ask you a question. If I ask how many had their feelings hurt by another believer, every one of you, unless you just got saved yesterday, and possibly some of you, how many have ever been, had your feelings hurt by another Christian? You could raise your hand. But let me ask you a question. If we can all raise our hand that another Christian hurt our feelings, who were those awful Christians that hurt our feelings? It's us. Well, I never hurt anybody's feelings. How do you know you haven't? Well, I didn't mean to. Well, okay. Maybe they didn't mean to hurt yours either. Yeah. It would be great. Now, if I ask how many have ever had your feelings hurt by another Christian, all of you, virtually all of you, could raise your hand. Wouldn't it be nice if I could just pick out 10 people that did all the hurting? We could kick them out. <laughs> Get out of here. But if all of us have had our feelings hurt, then who did it? Everybody. I didn't mean to. Well, maybe the person that hurt your feelings didn't mean to either. May not even aware that they did it. You see what I'm talking about? If we've all had our feelings hurt, then all of us have done it. Well, I didn't know I did it. Well, maybe they didn't know they did it to you either. Well, I know there's the occasion that somebody just gets in your face and you know it and they know it, but about 90% of the hurt feelings we have, the other person doesn't know they hurt your feelings. We're just too touchy. Toughen up. Then go join the army <laughs> or the Marines. We're supposed to be in God's army. That means we can toughen up a bit. Just do your job. And they continued faithfully in the apostles' doctrine. It does matter what you believe. That doesn't mean that we have to agree on every issue. But it means there are certain things in the word of God we must believe. It's not a free-for-all. And there are certain ways we must act. Ooh. There's still such a thing as right and wrong. There's still such a thing as right and wrong. 
but I was in this church and that was the right and wrong and I'm now in this and that. And, oh yeah, there's minor differences. But wherever you go to church, live by the rules. Shouldn't be rules. Oh, yes, there should. There's plenty of rules in here. And the rules from one church to the next may not be always identical. But live by the rules of the church you go to. Instead of fighting and fussing and fuming. And they continued faithfully. If you think this church or that church or another group is strict, look in the Bible. It's stricter than all of us. The Bible still says, thou shalt and thou shalt not. Some things are right and some things are wrong. And they continued faithfully. I will not be here 20 years from now to find out how many of you are serving God. But I would like to believe that would be all of you, except those as well gone on to glory. I would like to believe it's every face that I see in front of me. And they continued steadfastly, faithfully, in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. Oh, he doesn't go to church anymore. Why not? We got offended. For goodness sake, grow up. Now, I can preach this way to you because I'm leaving town as soon as the pastor feeds me. <laughs> I do want to thank Pastor Matt, Pastor Wayne, for my birthday celebration that we had Friday night. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was 74 years ago I preached my first sermon. You've probably heard me say this before. I've never had the nerve to use the same text again because at the time I lasted 11 minutes and told them everything I knew and probably some things I didn't. But this church has been good to me. But better yet, be good to yourselves 
and continually faithful. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Wills. We're still not behaving ourselves, are we? Amen. How many just thank the Lord for his word this morning? Amen. Can we just say, Lord, help us as a church to be faithful to the teachings, Lord. Can we lift our hands before we go and just say, Lord, help us as a congregation, as the body of Christ, remain faithful. Faithful to the teachings, faithful to fellowship, faithful to the breaking of bread and prayer. The things, Lord, that got us here, Lord, we're going to continue to get us there. So, Lord, as a church, we ask, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, and we, we make a dedication, a fresh dedication in our heart. Lord, we're going to remain faithful. Whether, Lord, there's suffering, whether there's confusion all around us, whether it doesn't matter what our culture is doing, we're going to remain faithful to you, faithful to your word, faithful to the teachings, Lord, amen, that Jesus gave us, Lord. We thank you for that. So today we are so challenged. Lord, and make a fresh dedication, Lord, to remain faithful, consistent, and steady in the things of the Lord. And, Lord, also as an individual, Lord, we say we want to be faithful. Faithful, Lord, that we will remain faithful to you. But, Lord, the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he's going to look for those that are faithful. Faithfulness is what he's looking for. We thank you that we can trust you. We can lean on you. There's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we want to just challenge you today if you're listening by online or here. And you're, you, you can say in your heart, I haven't been faithful to the Lord. I haven't been faithful to God. I haven't been faithful in my walk. I've not been faithful to the teachings of the Bible. I haven't even been in the Bible. Today, the Bible makes it clear if we'll confess our sins. How many believe He's faithful and just to forgive us? And of all sin and unrighteousness. Amen. And we say today, Lord, that we confess that sin, that we haven't been faithful to you. We've allowed other things to get us distracted and following other things. And, and, and Lord, we're coming back. Is there anybody here that would say in your heart, amen, today, Lord, I'm coming back. I want to come back and be faithful to you. Is there anybody here that would just lift your hand to heaven and say, God, I, I want to come back to you, amen, today and, and be faithful. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Let's, let's pray for those, amen, that have lifted their hands and the team is making their way to them today, that they'll be faithful, amen, to the call of God, to, amen, the call of salvation in Jesus Christ, amen. And those listening online, just bow your heads and just say, amen, Lord, in Jesus' name, I come before you today. Lord, I have not been faithful to you. I've not been faithful to your word. I've not been faithful, Lord, to what you called me to. Lord, I don't want to be the one that, Lord, when you come, you don't find waiting for you or faithful, Lord. But we thank you today that we can be draw nigh to you, Lord. Come back, Lord, to that, that relationship, Lord, if we just confess our sin. We thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin, Lord, and heal us of our brokenness, Lord, and restore us to that place in you, God, in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. We worship you, and we rejoice today for the work that's in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray for opportunities. Uh, to preach the gospel, to talk to our neighbors this week, to just share the love of Jesus through our words, through our actions. And um, we're going to be praying and fasting this week. We ask you to do that however God leads you to fast. 
One of the things we want to fast for is we're going to pray for the for the children and for the teenagers and young people in our community. How many know the devil is targeting, especially ever before, like never before, children and families and teenagers? So we want to pray for, amen, a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit among families in our community and teenagers. Amen, that they're going to come to the knowledge of Jesus. They're going to get saved. Come on, somebody, anybody. And we're going to believe God for that. How many know prayer makes a difference? Amen. And so we're going to pray for our city. We're going to pray for opportunity. How many know faith without works is dead? So we're going to not just pray. We're going to say, Lord, give us opportunity, as Paul prayed, doors of utterance. Amen. So God bless you as you leave here. Introduce you somebody that's, uh, to somebody that's visiting and, and new. Amen. If you're new with us, we'd like to meet with you in the back and, and just talk to you a little bit. But God bless you. Enjoy your week. Amen.